0: Amen. And at this time, my brothers and my sisters, uh, I would ask if you would join with me in the biblical text. We're going to come from the book of Acts this afternoon, chapter five, and I'll begin reading at the 27th verse, and I will conclude at the 32nd. And this is what the word of God reads. The apostles The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead, whom you killed by hanging him on a cross. God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and savior, that he might bring Israel to repentance and forgive their sins. We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit. God has given to those who obey him. Yes. And this is the word of God for the people of God. And for this afternoon, I would like to use for a sermonic title, simply, stand up. Stand up. Uh, for context purposes, uh, uh, prior to these verses that I'm using for my sermon today, Uh, The apostles were persecuted, they were uh, jailed uh, by the elders and the priests of the Sanhedrin uh, for preaching the gospel. Uh, This uh, gospel that they believed was heretical, uh, was in contradiction to uh, the Torah, uh, their teachings, this teaching that Jesus Christ was the Son of God, uh, that he had done these great healings and so on and so forth. Uh, They saw this new movement, Uh, they saw these apostles as a direct threat to their authority. I have to remember at this particular time there were, uh, we have in the United States of America, the separation of church and state. Uh, In these times there were no separation between uh, religion and the government. Uh, They were one and the same. Uh, So they saw this as a threat to their authority. They saw this as something that they needed to stamp out. Uh, you'll be surprised at what people will do in uh, their thirst for power. Yeah. Uh, when you threaten people's power, uh, that's when you begin to see who people truly are. Mm-hmm. Uh, you begin to see how those insecurities mm-hmm. manifest themselves mm-hmm. uh, when you begin to speak the truth. Uh, but they jailed the apostles and God let them out. Uh, their guards didn't know anything. The next morning, that when they the uh, Sadducees and uh, Pharisees went to check in and see where they were in jail, they weren't there. The guards knew nothing. Uh, But God told them to go back to the courts and to preach uh, this word, this new life. And that's exactly where they were. And they were apprehended again. And after they were apprehended, they were brought back before the Sanhedrin, this council uh, of elders of of the church at the time, not the church, the synagogue, uh, of the time to speak of these crimes, uh, these accusations that were brought against them. And what we can draw from this, my brothers and sisters, that the apostles, despite this persecution, they did not stop preaching the gospel. That's right. They were locked up, they were apprehended again, and when they were faced with the Sanhedrin, they did not relent one second mm-hmm. on what God had told them to do. And we as believers in the church, that's the kind of spirit that God wants us to have too. Uh, That when it comes to standing up for those things that are right, we can't be deterred and we can't be uh, nonchalant. We can't be timid about what God has placed on our hearts. God wants us simply to stand up for what we believe in. Uh, God wants us to stand up for that which is right. And it's important for us to understand that these apostles, they were not of a privileged class. Mm -hmm. They were an oppressed group. And one thing that the church has always to be mindful of is though we we are now uh, the world's largest religion on every continent, we cannot forget our roots, Mm -hmm. Uh, that we were a religion built from a people who were oppressed. Uh, people who sought to have a voice in a society to say that you are not allowed to have a voice because we don't understand you. I remember my times growing up in school I was uh, a victim of bullying and that experience has informed my ministry and how I approach my faith. Yes. That it is instinctually something that I do when I see people who are oppressed and people will talk about people or treat people differently because they're different that I and I want to come to those people's aid. I want to speak for them, because they oftentimes don't have a voice. No one knows the terror of hating to go to school every day because you knew you were going to be bullied, because you didn't wear the same kind of shoes or clothes that the other students wore, because you were smart, because you spoke differently, because you saw things differently. But, nevertheless, God gives us the strength to to endure those things and not to give up, but indeed to stand up and do that which is right. I'm proud of our church. uh, What is unique of the African Methodist Episcopal Church is a church that is built, that was formed from social justice. That's right. Richard Allen and Absalon Jones and others, they were uh, St. George's Churches in Philadelphia. Uh, the church still stands today. Uh, they went up to kneel at the altar and prayed, and the white parishioners pulled them up from the altar from praying. The same moment of prayer that you had today, they were pulled up and said, you're not allowed to pray because the white members have president. You can't, we can't intermingle. You are subjected, you were uh, to the to the upper pews, to the balconies. And out of that, God gave Richard Allen a vision to start a new church. And we're not a church that's exclusively for members of African descent. This church has members of different races and different colors. But it said that we were going to be treated as human beings. And if we couldn't do it in your church, we're going to use our rights to create a a faith, a church, that was mindful of these social justice issues. And in our time, and I don't have to go through a litany of what's going on in our country now, uh, we have to be mindful of who we are as believers. Uh, That we don't spread negativity, we don't spread conspiracy theories, we don't spread lies, we don't talk about people, but we talk up God. We talk up what is great about ourselves. We talk up what's great about Jesus Christ and how Jesus Christ brings people together in love. How we ought to treat each other. How we ought to talk about each other. How we ought to build each other up and not to engage in gossip. For a believer, if gossip comes to your ears, it should stop there. It should not come out of your mouth. We ought to pray for one another encourage one another, yes. and be mindful enough to know that God is still working on each and every one of us. That's right. And for every one finger that you're pointing at someone else, there could be three or five fingers pointed right back at you. We ought to humble ourselves. And we ought to not be afraid to stand up for those who are oppressed. You don't have to be of Hispanic descent to find it awful when families are separated and to speak up on these individuals' behalf. You don't have to be of that group to, to know right versus wrong. You don't have to know what's right versus wrong in terms of how we deal with our children, our young people, and how we teach them to be Christians as we move forward in our church. We ought to stand up for those who want to experience God in God's house. And have that experience and allow God to to cleanse them of what they need to be cleansed of. For allow God to build them up in the same way that we read in this particular text. That it tells us that life is not going to be without its persecutions. Life is not going to be without its troubles. God's not promising that you won't be tossed into jail for standing up. God's not even promising that you won't lose your life in the pursuit of justice. As we saw with Paul, Paul lost his life. In more contemporary times, we saw that Dr. King, too, lost his life. It is not to say these things, but it's to say that whatever we do for God is everlasting. Yes. That though our bodies may perish, the works of God continue to go on and on and on. So we ought not worry about ourselves, our own well-beings, or what people are going to say about us, what people are going to write about us, how people are going to treat us. So long as we do what God has called for us to do, let us be true to God. Let us not be afraid to stand up for what's right. Let us not be afraid to stand up for those who are oppressed, because we are a church of members who were oppressed. Largely, a church that's built of members who came from enslaved Africans who were brought here forcefully to a new land and built this nation largely and has never been compensated for it. We ought to feel free to stand up. Stand up for Jesus Christ. Don't be afraid to share your faith to the world. There are people who need to hear. About our, our, our Christ. Yeah. And that often begins just with a conversation with someone. Allow them to see that we are humans. That we are not judgmental. That we, we can talk. Mm-hmm. And that we can live side by side. And that we are people who are open. Yeah. Oh, and that God lives through each and every one of us. So I pray that we get something from that, whether it's from our young people, don't engage in the bullying of other people in school, don't tolerate it, don't be a part of that. You see kids being bullied, befriend those kids. Shame those who would do that to other kids. Don't be a part of it. To those who are in the church you see other members bullying other members, befriend that individual. Let the Holy Spirit convict individuals and say, why, why are they so kind? And I'm so mean to this individual. Let us be true to this word and to this example. And I'm so grateful for these texts that these were individuals who, under immense pressure, continued to do what God called them to do. Yes. And they weren't afraid. Or at least they didn't let their fear manifest them to the point of being paralyzed. But they trusted God. So don't lose, don't doubt yourself, and most importantly, don't doubt God. Know that we are protected, and God wants us to stand up. God wants us to be a voice for the voiceless. God wants us to be the example in the world, because the world needs more examples. And you don't have to have a Master of Divinity degree, you don't have to have a Reverend in front of your name, you don't have to be a licentiate, you don't have to be, have an MDiv or a PhD, a law degree to stand up for other people. You can be who you are and stand up for people, stand up for your faith and do what is right. You don't need an excuse to do what is right, just do what is right and let God take care of the rest. So this... Take from that that people are going to talk about you. Yep. Uh, people are going to try to ostracize you. Yep. Uh, people who are once your friends ain't going to be your friends no more. Uh, people are going to do a whole array of things. But as long as you can get down your knees and know that Jesus Christ is still your friend and God is still alive and well. And know that that's the only friends that I need if it comes down to it. Do what God has called for you to do. Don't be afraid of the difficult things, but do what is right. And that's who we are as believers. We don't avoid that which is difficult. We go like firefighters into the fire and understand that we have power over that fire. It may be raging, but eventually it's going to have to go. We have to go where it is. We don't run away from it because we know that people's lives depend upon it. So my brothers and sisters, I pray that you take hold of that and that you leave this place and you process where you have to have to apply that in your lives, where you have to stand up, where you have to have a voice and, and allow yourselves to don't allow you to talk yourselves down. But know that God can use every single person in here today to be a voice for those who are voiceless and who need a voice amen thank you and god bless you